Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product you discovered. So this product may sound like your band of gal pals that you do appearances with. However, the what's called the Pretty Posse is a variety pack of products by the Beauty Blender. So if you don't know what the Beauty Blender is yet, you're probably living on Mars for pageant girls. I mean, who doesn't have this? It's a makeup sponge that absorbs water so that when your foundation is being applied, it goes on airlessly, smoothly, gorgeous. Um, even the Kardashians use it. So this is a variety pack of products by that brand. Okay. What comes in the, the variety pack? So it is the holy grail of Beauty Blender products. It is the original. So it's that, um, gosh, I don't even know how to describe the shape. Almost a pear-shaped type sponge um, for general foundation application. It comes with a micro mini Beauty Blender. And that is great for getting into the creases of your face, the, the bridge of your nose, under your eyes for concealer, and even for contouring and highlighting when you want to get that more more of a fine approach. Also comes with a reactivate um product that goes into the sponge and kind of just makes it reabsorb all that product and the cleaner, which is so important because of course, pageant girls know you have to keep your products clean to prevent breakouts. And oh my gosh, this is a mouthful. And the last thing in this package, it's um, this adorable thing called the bling ring that your beauty blender can sit on because we know that it has to air dry to make sure that it's ready for the next application. So it sits so cute on your countertop so that it is ready when you need it. Do you know how long these things last? Well, uh, you can wash your beauty blender and reuse it. I mean, I've had mine um, for, gosh, a few months now. Um, and you just have to go ahead and clean it um, pretty regularly to make sure that, one, the product doesn't build up inside the sponge, and two, again, like we said, for hygiene purposes. Now, this is just me talking as a guy. If you, <laughs> so if you was not to use the beauty blender, what would you use in place of that to get the same effect, would it be a brush? And if it is a brush, what's the, like, how is this better than that? Sure. So the alternative would be to use a standard foundation brush or a stippling brush um, that just goes on. You kind of bounce it off your skin to give you an airbrush to look. What the Beauty Blender does is since it's water-based, the foundation sits on top of it instead of absorbing it, um, which allows it to, one, use less product, um, making it last longer, saving money, and two, just kind of... Um, the being it's an airy sponge, it just allows it to go on a little bit lighter and a little bit fresher. That's awesome. So you don't get that like caked on makeup look that some of the pageant girls, like the noobs, do when they're walking into interview, et cetera. No, absolutely not. Awesome. All right. Well, okay. So how much does this cost? Um, where can they find it? Give us the deets. Sure. So it costs $45. And the Beauty Blender itself can typically run around 20 on its own. So this is a great deal. And it comes in an adorable gift package. So if you know a title holder that's just been crowned or someone that just is giving up their crown soon, or if you want to get a head start on your Christmas shopping, this is the product for you. So $45, free shipping as always. And you can find it on shop.thepageantplanet.com. And it can always be returned within seven days if there are any quality issues. That's awesome. Jesse, thanks so much for your discovery. Thanks and enjoy the call. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. 
Thank you for joining us. I am super excited about today's call. On today's call, we have Corinne Stellanakis, and she was just crowned Miss Earth United States 2016, and will be representing the U.S. at the International Miss Earth Pageant in October. And I was actually there for that crowning. I was the MC. Um, today, she's going to tell us how to make a lasting impression on the judges in every area of competition. I'm very excited about it. So, Corinne, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Now, so right after the pageant, you went directly down to Atlanta Market, where you got to model for MacDougall, which was cool. Yes, it was very fun, very cool. MacDougall is such a wonderful man, and I'm so proud to have him as a sponsor. So it was very fun. Yeah, and you're also like, you and I were going to do the interview directly after the pageant, but mm-hmm. you were also working with another sponsor who was working on your um, swimsuit and your custom costume. So yes. Tell us who that is and, and how that experience was. Kim Pixton is my sponsor for my national costume and my bathing suit. She is wonderful. And I'm going to be going to North Carolina pretty soon this week. Actually, I leave on Thursday and I'm going to go get fitted and pick out some colors and really just make a wonderful national costume and bathing suit for the international competition. It's going to be so fun. Okay. Well, I know that you're not allowed to leak photos, but we will certainly, um, be covering it during while you're out there and, and certainly post so that everybody can see those creations. Really oh, absolutely. Excited. Yes. So now getting into the, the dirty of really how to um, make this lasting impression on the judges of which you did. I mean, the competition was extremely fierce there at the pageant. Mm-hmm. So you've competed in a multimedia challenge where you were assessed on the quality of your posts and the engagement of your fan base. So how does one stand out in social media and actually build up a fan base? I really believe that the best way is to share a little bit about your personal life, you know, give your fans a little bit about your background on you so that they feel like you're a relatable person and that they can connect with you. It's always important and very special to the fans if you reply to their comments and listen to what they have to say and what they want to see on your page. And of course, it's vital and always very important to share about the mission of the organization you represent. And for me, sharing about Miss Earth and what I'm doing with the organization, for the organization, and how I'm boistering their cause. Now, what's the key to posting successfully on social media as it pertains to like frequency and like the time of when you should post? I always found that just posting about three times a day, you know, morning, afternoon, around nighttime, just so you catch the people that are on social media at certain times, times of day, so that you are connecting with all of your fans. And also, it's just a little bit of an update every couple hours, so that your fans are seeing what you're doing. And so you're engaging the best that you can. And of course, hashtagging, and tagging people in all of your posts is very important as well. So now that you're on the other side of this, it, did you structure your posts in a particular way so that you really stood out more amongst the judges and that caused the judges to say, oh, she's, she's got this phase of competition? <laughs> well, I really definitely thought about what I wanted to share about myself, about my life, and how I'm working with the organization. So I did think about it before my day for the multimedia challenge, what I would want to post. But I also posted spontaneously throughout the day as well, just wanting to connect with fans, friends, and family as well. So 
really it's, I did put little thought into it because I did not want to be unprepared. I always want to be prepared and ready for the competition, but I also wanted to be a little bit spontaneous and be relatable to my fans throughout the day as well. Yeah. And when the judges are on there and they're judging the multimedia challenge, they also have a tendency to look into the archives too. They're not just looking at that Mm -hmm. day. So it's important to have that strong context is what you've already established there. Right. Okay. Now you also, you had 30 seconds to introduce yourself to the judges at the beginning of your interview. Mm -hmm. Um, What information do you feel like should be conveyed during those 30 seconds to make a strong opening statement? I personally wanted to share with the judges what was most important to me telling them how I grew up and giving them information on my character as a person and how my character was developed, telling the judges what I do in my daily life and letting them get to know me on a personal level, I thought was just the best way to enter into and begin an interview. I think that if the judges can connect with you on a personal level, it's always the best way to start an interview. Did you write out your 30-second speech and just memorize it? Did you have notes and then just kind of fill in the gaps? Did you wing it? Walk us through that process. You know, I thought about writing it out and memorizing it, but then I didn't want to sound robotic. I didn't want to sound like I planned everything out and I had, like, the interview steps all written down. I wanted it to be genuine and I wanted to connect with the judges on a personal level. So I did have the points that I wanted to hit in my 30 second intro, but I, I went about it in a very spontaneous way, just saying what came to my mind, saying what came to my heart and including the points that I wanted to capture in those moments, but just kind of being a little bit more spontaneous with it. Now, Miss Earth, United States isn't the only organization that has this kind of this intro. So mm-hmm. could you give us just a, a teaser? It doesn't have to be an exact replica of what you said in that teaser and why you said it. Sure. I began, I believe, with telling the judges that I'm from New York. Obviously, they could read my banner, but I'm from New York. And I wanted to tell them that I'm not from New York City because everybody always thinks, oh, she's from New York. That means she's from the city. She's a city girl. I'm actually from the country. I thought it was important for them to know my values and that I was a country girl, that I grew up with hard work and that I grew up on a horse farm. So in the beginning of my life, I was instilled with values of hard work and dedication and focus, and that I really believe that hard work is really the backbone of our country. Farms and agriculture and small businesses are very important to me. And I also wanted to update the judges on what I'm doing on my in my daily life and how I'm attending college and what I'm studying. I'm a communication and social interaction major with a minor in psychology. I thought it was important for them to know that. And right there, that few those few couple points really took all of the 30 seconds. And it was just something that I thought the judges should know about myself. Right. So if, if I was to basically restate what you said for the girls, I'm like, gosh, I didn't, I wasn't raising a country on a horse farm. <laughs> <laughs> Girls should basically convey what they feel like best represents who they are as a character or like as a foundational, like, oh, this is who I am. And then also throw in like a a fun, interesting tip that might be a conversation starter. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think that's the best way to go about it. Great. Um, Okay. So your interview was, was panel style. 
And mm-hmm. for those that aren't um, familiar with panel style, could you articulate in your own words what you feel like panel style is? I feel like panel style is when you have all of your judges sitting at one table and they're all interviewing you at one time. It's not a one-on-one type of interview. It's when all of your judges are together and they're collaborating and they're all asking you questions. So you have to make um, a connection with each judge all at the same time. Yeah. Now, what's the key to connecting with judges in, in this panel style interview? Mm-hmm. I Well, I approach it... Um, well, I think that the most important thing to do is to make eye contact with the judges. And also, I think that a comfortable conversation is the best way to make that connection with the judges. It's so important that they feel that you're an approachable, friendly, easygoing person, but a person that's also determined and passionate about the cause that you represent. So just someone that they can approach and have any type of conversation with someone they're very comfortable around and someone they would think would be able to represent the country very well. Okay, let's say the there's five judges on the mm-hmm. panel and the second judge in is the one who asks you the question. Mm-hmm. If that second judge is the one who asks you the question, do you only look at judge number two? Do you scan the room? Like, do you look at them and then move to three, four, five, and then go back to one? What's the strategy there for eye contact? Well, for me, I think that it's important to answer their question. So when they ask me the question, I do look into their eyes and I and I began to answer their question first. And then I also finish off answering my question by glancing at each of the judges. But since that question came from that specific judge, I think it's important in that moment to connect with that specific judge. So I give them a lot of the attention answering the question, but I also use body gestures and, and kind of move my body slightly to include all of the other judges as well while answering that question. Yeah, I, I think that's that's smart. Now, how do you, in your best recollection, how did you really make them remember you? I mean, you've got beautiful eyes. So that <laughs> Thank you. But, but outside of that, what other tactics besides batting your eyes? I think that my interview was very fun. It was very easygoing and I think that the judges felt comfortable with me and we had a a funny moment where they asked what my celebrity, who my celebrity crush is. And they asked me to make a silly face. So it was just a fun interview. It wasn't, there was no tension between myself and the judges. We just had a very comfortable conversation and we connected really well. And I thought that they saw my true personality, my genuine self come through. And I think that's what made my interview memorable in their eyes. No, I completely agree. One of the worst things is when a girl comes in and she's very timid. She has that, she's nervous. As a judge, it makes you nervous and it gives you that Mm -hmm. secondhand embarrassment, which is never (laughs) never good. Right. Now, when it comes to connecting with the judges with what you wear, how Mm -hmm. did you go about choosing an appropriate interview attire? As for interview attire, I think the most important thing is for you to feel confident in what you wear. It's very important also to wear something that shows off your shape, but in a professional way, you want to be a professional, well put together businesswoman. but you also want to have something that, that the color complements your skin tone, your hair, your eyes, something that you feel comfortable in, but also very beautiful, very confident, and you're just ready to command the interview and connect with those judges. Yeah. Did you look at something for inspiration did like, you know, Laura sent out 
something that said, here's kind of a sample of what to wear. Did you view another system? Did you just randomly go shopping and say, oh, okay, I think this will work? Actually, I have, I've had this dress for a couple of years now, and it's my favorite color. It's this light sea foamy green and it's it's a high neck so I thought that the light green color brought up my eyes and also it brought the attention to my face because it had a high neck and I really thought it shaped my body well and I've had it for a couple years but I was like I I think this dress really works for me I feel very confident very beautiful in it and I think that the judges would appreciate it as well so I went with it and I'm very glad that I did because my interview went well and I felt confident and beautiful the whole time dads all over the planet of pageantry are like, see, you don't have to go buy something new for every phase of competition. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Just go through the closet find something that you've had for a while that you feel like you are, you feel like a million bucks in. It doesn't matter how old the dress is, as long as you feel confident and beautiful in it, then that's what really matters. Yeah. Now, a lot of times judges ask in interview, What's your goal? What are you going to do when you're crowned? Um, and truly, like a lot of the girls, they give the same same answers. So is there a key to making your goals more memorable in the eyes of the judges? I think that your goals, you have to be really passionate about your goals. The judges will be able to see through a facade. So as long as you're truly passionate about what you're saying and you really believe in what you're saying – then they'll see that you're a really genuine person and that your goals are something you really care to accomplish. So I think the best way to make your goals memorable to the judges is just for you to truly believe in what you're saying and the energy that you're putting into accomplishing those goals. Yeah, I, I once read, and I'm, I'm going to have the percentages off, that what is it, like 70% of all communication happens through you know body language. Mm-hmm. And then the other, like... is through tone and then like 5% is actually what you say. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. The judges definitely can tell when you really believe in what you're saying and when you really feel from the heart what you're saying and, and they'll be able to tell and they'll be able to see through what the girls are saying when they don't truly believe it. So just genuine is the word that I always go back to. If you are genuine and real and you're yourself, then you'll be remembered by the judges. Absolutely. So if there was one more tip that you could give to either stand out to the judges or make yourself stand out amongst the contestants or to be memorable in specifically interview, what would that one tip be? I think that one extra tip would be just to be as well put together and as well-rounded as possible. Make sure that you're completely clean-cut and ready for that interview. The littlest details, like making sure your nails look nice, making sure your hair is on point, you know, your makeup. Make sure that your makeup is light enough, it's not too dark. Just make sure that your entrance into the judges' panel is something that they'll never forget. They'll look at you and say, wow, this is a really well-put-together businesswoman. She's beautiful, and she's ready to take on this title. 100%. Now... In Miss Earth United States, um, Kimberly Pixton, she sponsored the swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so all the contestants basically was rocking the same swimsuit on stage. How do you like stand out amongst all the other girls when you're basically wearing the exact same swimsuit? 
I think that physical fitness is very important. It's something that I value very highly in my life. It's something that I work very hard on. I think it's important for girls to be physically fit, to be strong, and also to look healthy and in shape. And just confidence going out on stage will really pull you through and make you stand out amongst all the other girls. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly seen those girls that have just extremely high confidence. Their body (laughs) might not have been as good as some of the other girls they were competing against, but Mm -hmm. their confidence was just on fleek, you know? So, like, they scored better than the girls who had technically, like, more physically fit bodies. And so oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Right. When your personality comes through, the judges really connect with your personality more than just your body. So when you're on stage and you feel comfortable and you are having fun, the judges will see that and you will score very high just because you're rocking that stage, you're glowing, and you're capturing the attention of both the judges and the audience. However, confidence is an elusive thing. It's easy for you and I to say, be confident. It's Mm -hmm. challenging when it's like, how do you practice being confident? I mean, do you have any tips on that? Like how you increase your confidence going into this phase or what you did during practice? I think that um, my upbringing really helped me with my confidence, having a strong, stable family relationship that always really, they always encourage me. But one tip that I always give to girls that want to work on their confidence or just just think about it. So when you wake up in the morning, a lot of girls look in the mirror and they say, oh my gosh, my hair looks awful. I need to go cover up that blemish. And instead of looking in the mirror and picking out something beautiful about themselves, they always pick out something negative. So my tip is just every day when you wake up, look in the mirror and pick out something that you admire about yourself say, oh my gosh, my eyelashes are on point today. My eyebrows are on point. I look beautiful. So that's the best way that I found building your confidence is just slowly telling yourself, you know, I am beautiful. I am valued. I am worthy. And just feel free to give yourself a boost and pat yourself on the back because you are beautiful and you are, and you can be confident in yourself. Yeah. And I I find those little mantras like I look sexy in my swimsuit. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, like, you know, things like that. It, yes, it helps if you whisper them. Positive over, confirmations. Over. Yes, totally. So now you made a lasting impression on the judges in your evening gown. What's the key to choosing the gown so the judges don't forget you? I always say to the girls I talk to about pageantry and about evening gowns, you know, you will know for a fact when you put when you put on that gown that you will eventually compete in. When you look in the mirror, you will say, that is the gown. This is the one that I will compete in. This is the gown I feel beautiful in. It'll fit like a glove. It will be the color and fit you love. The gown will make you just feel like a million bucks. It'll, it'll make you feel confident and beautiful. And as long as you love your gown and feel 100% confident in it, you will command the stage and you will leave a lasting impression when it's showtime. Mm. So as it pertains to walking in your gown, (laughs) what did you do to practice so that you could really portray that confidence on stage? A lot of people tend to go really fast Uh, in evening gown just because the nerves and the excitement when you get on stage and that was always something that I struggled with so when I get on stage in evening gown I count in my head it's really funny but I actually count to myself I'm like slow down one 
two, three. I want to make sure that I'm taking my time because I bought this evening gown. I'm invested in this pageant and I may might as well take that time and show off what I've worked hard for in the beautiful gown that I'm wearing. So just take your time, really show the judges and the audience that you're having fun, that you're loving this gown and that you're just, you're ready to take on that title. You're ready to win that crown. Great. In addition to that, did you wear your evening gown? Like, let's say your house had wood floors. Did you bust mm -hmm. out your evening gown and wear it several times practicing in your actual evening gown? Or did you practice in sweatpants, but your pageant shoes? Like, Give us some insight there. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know how many people know this, but my evening gown I wore for my state pageant as well as the national competition. So that gown I had worn before, and I decided to wear it again just because I loved it that much, and I thought that it was on the level of a national competition. So I had worn it before. I'd walked in it on a stage before. So I felt very confident going into the competition, walking in that gown again. Again, dads are rejoicing. Yeah. <laughs> um, any, so I know that you do the mantra count. Do you do anything with your shoulders? Um, do with anything with your arms? Or do you just walk natural? Right before I get on stage, I breathe in and I push my shoulders. I roll my shoulders up and all the way back. I keep my elbows near my sides. And when I walk, I try to just let gravity move my arms. I don't want to swing my arms. I don't want them to be a distraction. So I, I let gravity move my arms when it's time to pose. It really just depends on the gown. For my gown, it was a fitted gown. So I thought the S-curve pose was a great pose for my gown. And then also having my hands on my waist was also another great pose for my gown. It showed off the gown very well. And I felt like it was just something that made me feel beautiful in those poses. So yeah, just the shoulder rule, keeping your shoulders back, looking tall and keeping your head up, never look down when you walk and letting gravity move your arms so that they don't swing and make a, a distraction. Just little things like that. I try to focus on before I go on stage. Now, in, in order to paint a picture for some of the girls that are driving, they're not able to do a quick Google search or whatnot. Mm -hmm. What is an S-curve pose? Okay, <laughs> this is kind of hard to explain. So when I do an S-curve pose, I, I put most of the weight on one of my hips. Normally, because I'm left-handed, fun fact, I tend to actually put the weight on my right hip and then cross my left leg over my right leg and try to make that silhouette very curvy so that my up my upper body my shoulders are wider and then my waist gets thinner and then my hips get bigger because I've kind of put all the weight into one hip so if if that makes any sense well, <laughs> it's hard to explain it, but yeah but that's how I would explain it I guess <laughs> <laughs> now you were provided attire for the runway competition mm -hmm. what things need to be considered since like if this happens to other contestants, I mean, since right. they're not allowed to alter that attire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really made sure what size I was in the designer. It's so important to go to a store where they sell that designer's dresses so that you can try it on and make sure you know what size you are in that dress. So when you get the dress, there's no surprises. 
It's also important to think about color. You know, what color matches your skin tone, your hair, your eyes? What color will make you stand out? And then also uh, the fabric of the gown. I knew that a jersey material really fit my body well. It's sleek and it hugs hugs my body really well. So I thought the jersey material really worked for me. And then also you have to think about the accessories. What accessories will you wear with a gown? What will match the gown? What will bring attention to your face and also the gown? And then the heel height, what what heel height will you need for that long of a gown? Because if you can't alter it, you need to be tall enough so that the gown's not dragging on the floor or you're not tripping on it. And then the last thing that I really thought about for the MacDougall runway was hairstyle, which hairstyle really brought out this gown and made me rock the stage in the best way. Now with that, you were given it, but you just had to provide your sizes in advance, right? Yes. And then you didn't know what you were wearing until you got there at the pageant. They actually sent us our gowns before the pageant. Great. Okay. Yeah, so we could try them on before the pageant even began, which was very helpful. Yeah, and wow, that's that's great of Mac to do that. Um, okay, great. Now, another area that you competed in was photogenic. And, and the <laughs> photogenic portion was based on a submitted photo as well as a face-to-face beauty with the judges. Mm-hmm. What criteria needs to be considered when when choosing like a winning, winning photo? Do you know what the criteria was for the judges, like when they chose the winning photo? I'm not exactly sure what the criteria was for the judges. I think that it's very important to make sure that you look like your photo. So if you were to walk in the room and your photo is too edited or your hair is is way too different and they can't really recognize you from your photo, that's really not good. So I always tell the girls, make sure you look like your photo in person. When you walk in the room, it's even better to look more beautiful in person than in your photo. So when you walk in the room, have the judges look, glance at your photo and then glance back up at you and say, wow, this girl is so much more beautiful in person. And that is what I would go for with the with the pictures and the, the winning photo is just whether or not the girl really portrays herself in that photo. Yeah, completely. Now, was there I mean, a certain hairstyle that you used in order to stick out more? And did, were you consistent with that hairstyle um, when you met the judges face to face? I had pretty curly hair in my headshot for the judges And it looked great in the picture. And I wanted my hair to be curly for interview as well, but I want it to be a little bit toned down. So I made sure that my hair was curly in my my interview as well as in my photo. But I wanted my personal interview to be a little bit more toned down, a little bit more natural. So a little bit less makeup, a little bit less hair for the actual interview. But I did make sure I looked as much like my photo as possible. Great. Now, you also created a video um, giving an inside look at what you and your commitment to the environment. What mm-hmm. did you do to help the video stand out? And was that for people that's not familiar with the system? Is that commonplace to have a video? And where was this video shown? Um, there, Some organizations do have a video. I believe that the Miss World America competition also has a video portion. So it is it is common, I would say. When I recorded my video, I made sure to involve some parts of my own background and life in the video, like my lake frontage, for example, at the home that I grew up in. I thought it was important to involve 
that part of myself and my background in the video so people know that you know I grew up on the lake I really do love our bodies of water and it's something that I I had an appreciation instilled in me for our bodies of water from a very young age growing up on Oneida Lake in New York. So I included that, and I also included my love for horses. There were some snippets, some videos of me with my horses in my pastures at my horse farm. So a little bit about myself in the video, I thought it was important that gave me a connection to my fans so they could learn a little bit about myself. And then I also wanted to really interact with my community members and show my personality the best I could. It's, of course, very important to meet all the requirements and meet the deadline as well for the video. But really, the way I stood out in my video was just including my own life in the video and then also really making sure I connected with people from my own community. Did you hire a camera crew? Did you shoot it on your iPhone? And then after all said and done, how did you get it all edited? Yes, I hired a girl that I know. She actually did a video for me before and I really loved her work. So I hired her and she did all the recording, all the editing for me. Of course, I told her what I needed in the video. So she knew all the requirements and she worked so well with me on that video. Her name is Maura Listen. She's wonderful. She graduated from Syracuse University. So she's a great help and a wonderful videographer. So she did a great job making my video and I was very proud of the way it came out. Gotcha. And can you spell that name just in case somebody's in the New York area or the Northeast or even they want to fly her out somewhere and they can contact her? Sure. Well, I will try to. I believe I know how to spell it. It is M-A-U-R-A-L-I-S-S-O-N, I believe. Okay. Well, just get it close and then type in probably videographer New York after that and she, I'm sure she'll pop up. Yeah, she was wonderful. She was great to work with. Awesome. Um, so what do girls need to remember when creating these videos that's, that's going to be scored? Is there something like definite that you felt like helped you stand out and become memorable? I definitely felt like showing the judges the background on me with my horses and on, on my property with my lake frontage gave them a little bit about me so they understood where I came from. And also my involvement with my community members in my video. I wasn't just interviewing them. I was I was involved in a conversation with the people that answered the questions in my videos. So it was more personal. It was more fun and more creative, I felt like. And also the places I went to record my video were beautiful, beautiful, was beautiful scenery. So it was aesthetically pleasing as well. It had great contact content and the the scenery was beautiful. You gave a three minute um, public speaking presentation on why you would be the best ambassador for Miss Earth. Mm -hmm. What did you do to stand out in this area to the judges? I wanted to make sure that what I said in those three minutes was from the heart. I wanted to be passionate about what I said. I wanted to be genuine and I did not at all want to seem robotic so I wanted to just be myself and be real. And I didn't want to memorize everything. I wanted it to be from the heart and what I really felt. So I had my key points that I wanted to hit. And I practiced saying my speech a couple of times. Every time, you know, the time would be a little bit different, a little under three minutes every time, but a little bit different. I said a couple things different every time. So my speech was not completely memorized. It wasn't something that I 
that I had to go line by line for it because I didn't want to mess up in any way. I knew that if I memorized something and then if I forgot something from the speech, then it would be that awkward pause moment where I try to regroup my thoughts. I just wanted it to be real. I wanted to keep the attention on the message and really just show what I was truly passionate about. Did you get help writing this? I mean, how did you even know what to include in your, in your speech? Yes, actually, I did. My mom is my number one fan, my biggest support. She actually, she knows me so well that she was the one who helped me write this speech. Her and I sat down together. We we talked about what really, what was really important to me and what I really could offer if I were to be the next Miss Earth United States. So her and I, we know me the best. So we wanted to just write a speech that was true and real and from the heart. And she was a very big help in writing my speech. Now, I know you didn't necessarily memorize your speech, but Mm -hmm. you practice it. Did you practice it before camera? Did you practice it on camera? No, I did not practice it on camera. I used a timer, though, and every time I used that timer, it would be a little bit off on seconds. Every time I'd be like, oh, my gosh, well, hopefully it goes well during the speech. But um, I did practice it in front of people, too. I'd have my family sit down and I'd have them critique me and hear what they really thought, get some feedback on my speech so that I knew what would look best in front of the judges and in front of the audience. And I thought that that was the best way to practice it for me was just to have people sit down and actually practice my speech in front of a group of people because it adds just a little more pressure on you and it will definitely prepare you more for when it actually happens. Now, did you use any props in your video whatsoever? And then like, why or why not? I did not. I did not want to use any props because I really did want to keep all the attention on the message of my speech. And I wanted the judges and all the members of the audience to really pay attention to what I was truly saying and what was coming from my heart. And I wanted to just connect with everybody, make eye contact, eye contact with everybody. And I thought that a prop would kind of distract people more than it would aid them in understanding my message. So I did not use a prop. Gotcha. You also had to answer an onstage question during the pageant. Um, mm-hmm. So what's the best way to prepare for this when you have no idea what's going to be asked? I mean, I know Earth, United States, you actually did have an idea because we asked the same question time and time again. But mm-hmm. this is also not your first rodeo. So um, how did you prepare for that in, in previous pageants? Well, I did stay up to date the best that I could on all of the current events. I wanted to be informed just in case it was it was anything about news happening or a current event. But really, I think that the best way to answer those onstage questions is just to say what immediately comes to mind. It's always awful when you get your onstage question and you sit there and you think about it for a while, because it just creates that awkward pause. And then you overthink and overanalyze what you're about to say. So I always say the best way to go about it is just to say what immediately comes to mind. Don't overthink it. Just say what you really believe to be true. And that will give you the best answer, the most genuine answer and represent yourself in the best way. Now, in Earth United States, every everyone in the top four is asked the exact same question. Mm How can you ensure that your answer stands out amongst the rest? And if you didn't go first, like 
did you tweak what you were saying based on how someone answered before? Almost like, oh man, she took my answer. So I got to tweak it. No, actually, I was very lucky to be able to go second. The Whoever went first, I'm not sure right now who went first, but her answer was great. But actually, as soon as the question was asked to me, my brain went in a totally different direction than the other girls did. My brain went to education and connecting with people because that's really, truly what's most important to me. So I think that my answer itself just went down a totally different path than what the other girls were saying. And I did not have a hard time at all with being asked the same question and hearing the other girl's answers. Yeah. No, you nailed it. You Thank good. you. Yeah. I, I was the glorified mic stand. So I was <laughs> up close and personal. Okay. Tremendous information. Um, you did so great. And I can clearly see why you stood out the way that you did from the judges. You know, as an MC, you never really get to see what happened in interview. So mm-hmm. now I get a lot better understanding. Um, for people that's interested in competing in Miss Earth United States system, I know that they can find it by going to Pageant Planet under directory and clicking find a pageant. Mm-hmm. Where else can they find you on uh, social media, etc.? On Facebook and Instagram, my handle is just Miss Earth United States. And then on Twitter, my handle is Miss Earth underscore U.S., and of course, you can always private message me too at Corinne Stalakis. I'm always available to answer any of your questions and get that information to you. So follow me on Instagram as well at Corinne Stalakis. And what's the URL to the Miss Earth United States? Or is it just Miss Earth United States dot com? Yes, Miss Earth United States dot com. Perfect. Corinne, thank you so much. Again, extremely valuable information. I know the readers on the other side, or listeners on the other side, are taking copious notes, and we're, <laughs> we're, we're all cheering for you as you move on to uh, Miss Earth. Thank you so much. I'm very excited and very honored to be able to represent my country. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the Pageant Planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only forty-seven dollars. <laughs>